It's time for Lacrosse Classified on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Now, settle down and listen up. It's time for Lax Class. What is going on, lacrosse fans? Welcome back to Lacrosse Classified here on the Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network for EP 202. Jake Elliott, Santino Farrow with you once again. Uh, Tino, welcome back to the podcast, man. What is shaking? Let's get you in right off the top here. Beautiful Monday afternoon. Fall is in the air. Football is in full swing. But lacrosse is over. <laughs> What a somber note to throw it to me. I Thank know. you so much. Yeah. It's a little <laughs> yeah. depressing. I'm not going to lie to you. Like I woke up this morning going like, oh, you know, because I've been like looking forward to, oh, yeah, game five's coming up on Wednesday and game six coming up on Friday. And now, you know, PLL done, Man Cup done. And now we got to sit and wait for training camp to start, which, you know, we're talking six weeks here. But uh, the podcast shall roll on. No question about that. But uh, yeah, lacrosse is over, man. I'm a little depressed. Yeah, it's a weird feeling, especially since because after the NLL finals, like we like there was nothing to worry about. The PLL was starting. We had sixes coming right around the corner. Uh, The WLA and MSL were like in full swing. And we like there was no real offseason. And now we're here. It's like it's a weird feeling that we don't really have anything to look forward to, like tomorrow night or later on in the week. But We'll get there. There always has to be an off season. Everyone's got to let their bodies recover a little bit. And uh, I'm sure the boys in Peterborough are they're going to have to uh, <laughs> not only one. let their bodies recover, but uh, they're going to have to let uh, some livers. hangovers. Their, their yeah. livers recover. Yeah. <laughs> I uh, Well, with, with that being said, I just kind of thought about it. We're probably going to have to talk about a little format change coming up here on the show with no lacrosse games to talk about. It's going to be hard to come up with a stallion of the week in that regard. So... Uh, we'll discuss off the air, but uh, we'll have a couple of stallions for you this week, of course, brought to you by Stampede Tack and Western Wear. We got the big focus coming up here in period one as well. We got Evan back in period three, lax class locks. We continue to suck. Uh, report cards coming up as well. Period two, the choice was simple this week, Tino, in one Sean Evans coming back on the podcast now the all-time leader in Man Cup scoring. I don't know how many rings this guy's got on his fingers. We're going to have to ask him, but I think it's like eight or nine Man Cup championships alone. I think he won Mintos with two different teams, NLL Cups, all the rest of it. Evie is coming up in period number two. We'll look forward to that conversation. Actually, he was a little uh, skeptical about coming on. He texted me this morning and says, Jumbo, I got no voice left. I mean, can we push this a week? Maybe get Hopi on. I said, no, Evie, grind through it here, man. You, you know, you, you're deep into your career here. You can play through this. So we'll see what, what Shawnee's voice is like and what kind of condition <laughs> he is in as there's a bit of a video circulating around the socials right now where Sean Evans is, uh, well... Drinking beer from a fire hose, essentially, <laughs> which is totally awesome to see. Um, so we'll look forward to all that. But uh, before we get into it, Tina, how was the weekend? What did you get up to? 
Uh, what did I get up to? Uh, last week was just a really tough week of, of work for uh, for me, and, and it carried on over into the weekend. So I was trying to do a lot of uh, a lot of relaxing as much as possible. Saturday night, uh, oh my god, I can't. I, legitimately, man, I can't even think of what I did. Oh no, we went for dinner on Saturday night with uh, with Jen's uh, Jen's mom's place, and then Sunday was just a super lazy day. So what was for dinner? Um, uh, what was for dinner? We it was one of those. Um, what what are those food services called um where they deliver the meals to your door uber eats no not it's not like that it's it's the ones where they they send you like unprepared uh meals on wheels i don't know like that yeah Yeah, it, it was one of those uh one of those dishes but it was really good and then got some family time in playing some board games so uh hanging out down there in white rock for for the evening on saturday i spent a little time in white rock myself you know uh oh o- did you over the weekend i did wait, uh, wait can i guess what what you were doing uh, <laughs> were you playing disc golf <laughs> listen to this my friend <laughs> friday uh friday morning I, i'm gonna just put this out here listen i we went to raptors knoll out there in Aldergrove. me and a few buddies um tags match on the line Four of us were in the top 15. Number three was on the on the line for the big round, you know. And started out pretty well, um, you know, clipping along two, three under. Took a bogey, went drop back. Got to hole number eight at Raptors Knoll. I want to paint the picture here, Tino. The signature <laughs> hole at Raptors Knoll. It's part three. Fairly open, slightly uphill up to an island green kind of shaped in the, I don't know, it's like a, di- like a diamond shape if you lay it down flat. It's elevated, covered in bark mulch. If you land short, you're out of bounds. If you land long, you're putting up to the basket and the thread of OB is on the other side. So it's a very difficult hole. It's the signature hole at Raptors Knoll. Now the wind, Tino, is howling like a mofo on this Friday day. <laughs> a blustery, gorgeous Friday out there at Raptors Knoll. I step to the tee with my 171 color glow turn. And I aced it, Tino. One <laughs> on the card. Greatest shot of my entire life. My 30-year disc golf career. Smashed it dead center, never a doubt. This was what people call the dream ace, you know. In the chat group, about 50s, you should have heard the comments coming through on this. I will never forget this shot for the rest of my life. Nailed a one. I hadn't had an ace in over a year. This thing was a, just an absolute missile right into the basket, Tino. I could not believe my eyes. I was freaking out, screaming at the top of my lungs after that one. Uh, Went on to win the tags round and took the three tag home along with me. So uh, good day out there on Friday. Then headed out to White Rock, spent the night out in White Rock, down to Trader Joe's on Saturday morning down there in Bellingham, skipped across the border with the Nexus card, uh, me and the missus. Picked up some groceries, came back, then got a call from my buddy Donnie Matthias out there, a Capilano Rez. Says, Jumbo, I got some salmon. Come get some salmon. So from White Rock to North Van, which took Ooh. a good buck 20 with the traffic downtown. There was like a wedding fair going on. I don't know what was happening down there, but it was a slow grind out to North Van. But then I get there, and he says, how much do you want? And I was like, well, what do you mean? He goes, well, I got a box here. It's worth about 300 but you can just have it. 
And I was like, man, like, I'm not taking $300 worth of salmon from you. And he goes, well, here, take 10. And he gives me, like, 10 fillets of beautiful packed-up sockeye salmon and sends me on my way. So that was pretty nice. Uh, Had that for dinner. It was delicious. Came home. Out to Langley we go for the big powwow going down at Langley Event Center. Tino, if you haven't seen the pictures, check out my Instagram. This thing was the biggest powwow in, I want to say, the history of our country. Packed full of regalia and dancers and drums. And this thing was off the charts, man. It was so much fun just to see and, and soak in the culture out there at the LEC. It was going on for three days straight. Fantastic stuff there at at the powwow. Then uh, back to back to the hood. Actually picked up a little curtain rod at, at Walmart. Going to install that uh, coming up here, Tino. And then uh, Sunday morning, of course, my regular doubles uh, up there at Monday Park. Took down the doubles, Tino. Took home some cash. I'm on fire on the disc golf course right now. Shot a minus 19 out of 22 holes. And just blew away the field with my partner, Craig. So, uh, set a course record. Things are going pretty well out there on the course, I must say. I love that you're at, like, with the disc golf, you're on, like, the one-word basis. Because, so, you texted in our group chat or whatever last week. You're like, uh, you said something like, uh, like, we'll talk later. I'm going for a round of golf. And I was like, oh, like... Are you playing golf, golf, or are you playing disc golf? And you're just like, I think you know the edge. Yeah. That. So yeah. No, I honestly, I have no desire to play ball golf ever again. Ball I, golf. Yeah. I don't. I don't. Ball golf. I he don't, says. man. I don't. Um. <laughs> uh, so yeah, good weekend, uh, to say the least. Uh. So that was that was my weekend out there in White Rock. Long story short. Go. Long story short. Yeah. Good one. Good one. Yeah. Uh. All right. With that being said, Tino, it's time for the big focus. Big focus. Big focus. Focus. Another than a big focus. Focus. Big focus. Big focus. Another than a big focus. Big focus. Big focus. Big focus. Big focus. Ball golf. Ball golf. <laughs> <laughs> uh, big focus this week is disc golf. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, it is not disc golf. We're going to talk a lot. Ta- talk a little bit, take a look at, uh, as I tried to combine the two there, at the PLL championship that went down on Sunday. I actually thought this game was on Saturday, and uh, much to my delight, it was on Sunday. So I actually had a chance to watch most of this. Water Dogs and Chaos, tons of Canadians uh, involved in this lacrosse game. And I don't know, it wasn't off the charts like it didn't blow me away the the entertainment value of this game but it was a solid game between two pretty evenly matched teams and not to my surprise really but blaze reardon and dylan ward put on a clinic and goal yeah you know what like so i i actually watched the entire game and i i after the first couple minutes i saw some of the saves that blaze was making and i was just like oh my god like the water dogs are in one here. Like they, they're not going to be able to get one past blaze. He looks, he looked lights out in the early stages. And I mean, like I'm just, I'm looking, I have the page up right now. He ended up with 17 saves. Like he had an unreal game, but the water dogs just, they, they kept picking away at it and the offense of the chaos went a little bit cold, but I liked how, like how physical and how even this game was. Like there was even a point, I think it was at the end of the first quarter. It might've been right before halftime where, 
Josh Byrne and uh, and Josh Courier were going at it a little bit, started a little skirmish, and and you you really got you finally got the feeling, at least for me, I finally got the feeling how much this means to all these guys when you see like guys were almost coming off the bench to kind of drag guys out of there and the defensive guys for the chaos because the skirmish was going on in the in the dogs defensive zone uh the defensive guys for the chaos were were running cross field to get down there and try to get their guys in there as well so um it was a really intense game i thought and and i'm i'm happy for the dogs like I said last week, because finally a different colored team won. <laughs> I don't have to see a red jersey lift up the trophy. Oh, Big Cat was uh, pretty fired up about that. Didn't show up to the game to a lot of people's dismay with his water dogs in the final. But uh, Big Cat celebrating. And I, what did I see? I said that one of their sponsor, Cash App, I believe, just dropped down 50K to the team that won and said, go have yourself a time tonight, boys. How about that? Yeah, well, I mean, they got their logo on the trophy, so I, I hope that they're throwing a little cash down there as well. And like, fifty k, uh, yeah, that's the, a party. The trophy looked better than what I was originally like. Obviously, I saw like the stuff on social of the new trophy and stuff like that, but I actually like the look of it. I just wish it was a little bigger. Mm. It, it just it looked. I don't know the one handed carry of it. Like, is it I don't one know. of those trophies that will grow over time as they add champions to it? Like, is it? One I don't know. That's a good question because. Oh like yes, Tino. It's oh, been so it. long since I've had <laughs> one of those. Thank you very much, right there. But it uh, it looks like they have like the platform on the bottom that has the plaques on it, and then when they present it, they lift it off of that. Ah. It's like the the trophy is its separate thing, so I don't know if it's going to get bigger or not, but yeah, I wish it was. I wish it was a little bit uh, like one of the bigger trophies, but you know, I, I like the look over it, of it for the most part. So there you go, and, and you know, listen, I think they do a fantastic job with the production and the broadcast. A little soccer-ish for me with the celebration and the the smoke shooting off and they're all up on the stage like they do in champions league or whatever. And you know, you can probably throw the uniforms and that sort of thing. It just, I don't know what it is. It's just gotten a little too much soccer for me. And I don't know if you notice as well, but so Mike Rabel is the one that, that presents the trophy. Yeah. And so obviously he's going to get a little bit of spray from the champagne and the beers that are flying. So it looked, it looked like the dogs wouldn't let him, off of the stage <laughs> so he's like trying to All shield right, guys, himself enough, yeah. and his jacket is soaked and he just can't get away it was so funny yeah uh <laughs> i think that were guys like smoking darts in the like you know normally you break out the cigar <laughs> and champagne they were smoking darts like guys yeah. were just lighting up cigarettes <laughs> Mikey Schlosser, uh, yeah, he uh, looked like he's in great shape, but yeah. he's got a he's got a dart hanging out of his mouth. And there's a picture of an athlete for you. So, yeah, congrats to the Water Dogs. What was eleven nine the final? And uh, lots of like I said, lots of NLLers. How about Dylan Ward? We actually tried. We threw a lob out to Dylan Ward. I didn't really expect him to reply, and he didn't. But uh, trying to get him on this week as well. But how about the year for Dylan Ward? Yeah, and you know what, like. He, I, I mentioned Blaze already earlier in this. I, I think Wardo kind of had a tough start to the game. I think the first couple shots went in on him, but as the game progressed, he looked more and more solid. And I think it was towards the end of the third quarter. He had like a stretch of like two huge saves right before, I think it was right before the fourth quarter. And he's like out of his crease, 
in classic Dylan Ward fashion. And he, he makes one save where he kind of goes down almost into like a butterfly. And then he ends up having to save a rebound where he had to quickly get back to his feet and get across the crease again. It was like Dylan Ward stood on his head after having a little bit of a tough start and 13 saves of his own. Like that's, that's a, I think he could have been awarded the MVP. Like I think he got a little bit, a little bit robbed of the MVP there. That's kind of in the theme of the weekend, really. And no, you know, how, like, Buffalo players must just hate Dylan Ward right now. There's so many on the chaos who, of course, lose to the Water Dogs in the PLL final, but there's so many of the chaos that are bandits that also lost to the Mammoth in the NLL final. And Dylan Ward, the common factor. Yeah, and that's my other takeaway from this, is I feel so bad for you know, Josh Byrne and Dane Smith and Chris Cloutier and Chase Fraser and like the the endless number, Max Adler, Ian McKay, like the endless number of bandits that play for the chaos. Obviously you feel bad for, for anybody that loses a championship, but they come right from game three of the NLL finals straight into the chaos season. And they struggled right away. And then they kind of find their stride and you're, you're looking at one of these situations where like, as they're rolling into playoffs, like who's going to stop them now? Like they're rolling and they look so confident. And then obviously they come up short here in the finals, but I feel so bad for those guys. Yeah. Tough. No doubt about it. Uh, But so yeah, Michael Sowers gets the MVP and, and you know, we're going to talk to a lot to Sean Evans here next period about the man cup. So I kind of decided to go with the PLL for the big focus, but we should probably talk about the manner a little bit and similar to, to Michael Sowers and a lot of people being surprised at the MVP. Well, the Mike Kelly award winner, the MVP for the man cup goes to Curtis Dixon who had an unbelievable series. And I think, you know, it's hard to deny that he deserved it, but you just don't normally see a player from the losing team win the MVP of the series. That went seven games, but it hasn't happened since 1988. And Adnack goaltender Bill Thomas, who I used to watch when I was a kid, you know, at the old rec center there, uh, losing to Brooklyn, but he was named the MVP in the Man Cup back in 1988, so it's been a long time since that's happened. Yeah, I mean, when the series goes to Game 7, and, you know, like, there's so many different candidates that could have that could have won this award, like Curtis Dixon obviously being up there, Dane Doby, like, uh, how many times did we hear Katoni's name as well, like, from the other side? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Sean Evans alone could have won it. Like, there's so many different storylines. I think, generally speaking, I, I kind of agree that someone from the winning team of the championship is more than likely the team, like, the, the MVP by the end of it, because yeah. ultimately they did something to help get their team over the top. But yeah. there's there's certainly an argument for Dixon when you look at the point totals, like, and again, like Doby could have been in there as well. Like th- there's a lot of candidates. I don't have a huge issue with it, but you know, I see the argument. Junior, Junior seemed to have one. Like he was, <laughs> he heard the announcement. It was like, wait, what? Like, are you, <laughs> do you Curtis plays for Langley now? He doesn't play for Peterborough anymore. You know, you guys know that, right? Sort of thing. Um, but, and Curtis, like I, he's got a man cup to, to his, to his credit, but you could tell how much that one hurt Curtis Dixon. Like he, he was very, very emotional to the point where he felt like he needed to put his helmet back on just to kind of cover up his emotions. At least that's why I think he did it. And then 
then gets named MVP and has to go walk back up there after being the player of the game for Langley in Game 7, then gets the MVP, and he's just kind of like, man, like I don't even want this sort of thing. Like I think he'll look back on it and, and probably cherish it a little more, but that one really hurt Dixon, and I know the whole Thunder organization was was devastated. You get to that that point, that close to, to winning a championship, a first game seven since 2002 back east, a chance to break the 36-year-old streak since 86, and Man, they had the 9-8 lead, Tino, in, in the third period. They came back in that game, and I thought, okay, like, they're on their way. Here they go. And then Peterborough ties it up late in the second. They come out in the third period, and bang, bang, bang. They get three quick ones and then never look back. And, you know, for Langley, I, I think they can say they emptied the tank. They gave it everything they could, and they're going to look forward to next year with it being at home. But what can you say about the Peterborough Lakers, Tino? Four in a row. I know the two-year pandemic gap, which maybe makes it even more impressive. And I know the only four-team MSL season was a bit of a bit of a joke this year back east. But what can you say about the Lakers? Packed house there at the PMC. They get behind their team, and they delivered once again Something that hasn't been done since 1954. Four Man Cups in a row. Unbelievable. Yeah, and like you really have to appreciate it, especially like if you if you take a step back and just look at the situation as a whole as a fan. Like you don't, it's not very often that you get to witness a dynasty in in any sport, and that realistically is what what we've seen here with Peterborough with Peterborough and 100%. like like. Like you said, like the regular season for them was, you know, like a bit of a cakewalk for the most part. Like it was really just two teams for the most part. But, you know, like that doesn't discount anything out of the Man Cup final. Like the seven game series was a battle. Like they were down two nothing in the series at one point. Yeah. You know, like at other points, they look like they they probably could have done the reverse sweep. Langley had to battle back there for to force game seven. But we're witnessing a dynasty. And. I don't know. Obviously, like you can't look too far into the future, but are you going to be that shocked if they're in the final again next year? No, and I wouldn't be shocked to see Langley back in the final next year as well. And if that's totally. the case, sign me up, man. Like I think the Thunder, they're bringing everybody back that they have this year, and then I think they're going to add a little more to it with the fact that it's at home. So some other Western teams will be loading up for sure. Victoria, New West, and, and Coquitlam, I would think, will be in the mix as well, but uh, don't count out Nanaimo either, who I have heard rumors, Tino. I don't know if I've kind of put this out there yet or not. But of course, Eyes emoji. Yeah. <laughs> yes, well done. Um, with Heine Thompson playing this past season, we saw Lyle out here during the summer, and parents have some ties to the Nanaimo community. I'm hearing, Tino, that not one, not two, but potentially three Thompson brothers could be wearing Timberman uniforms next season. Oh my. There, do you have like a breaking news sound drop or a uh, hot take sound drop I, or something? I, I do actually. <laughs> I do. I'll drop it in right here. That's hot. That's hot. That's really hot. There you go. There you go. Wow. Yeah. What so, a summer. Yeah, I, I th- from what I understand, it's going to be Heine back and JT, Jeremy Thompson, the Jet, and Lyle are coming. So. You know, a lot to be figured out there, I'm sure, but uh, you heard it here first on Lock's Class. Thompson Brothers, Timberman. Wow. 
Uh, what a what a transition to the big focus started off PLL and then we just <laughs> yeah just transitioned well, smoothly double down into the... on the big focus why not. <laughs> Uh, with that being said, I think we're done with the big focus, Tino, which means it's time to saddle up, partner. We're heading for the Stampede Tax Stables. <laughs> oh, my God. Nay, nay. <laughs> you clearly do not like put any work into this during the. Do you like when you're when I've when do you this, practice? I've been doing this for years, Tino. Like you're still <laughs> relatively new. You you know, one day a week. I just want you to spend five minutes working on your horse noises. And All right, be- I'll commit to that for next episode from from now until next Monday. One day a week, five uh, minutes. I will. Yeah, or, yeah. Five I, I, minutes every day. I look forward to the improvement coming, and I know our <laughs> listeners do as well, especially Danny, because this is her favorite. <laughs> Stampede Attack and Western Wear Stables for this week's Stampede Stallions of the Week. Uh, our good friend, the proprietor of Stampede Attack and Western Wear, Kevin Michael Winkler, texted me the other night, and I'm just gonna read this verbatim here because uh, you know Kevin, like I, I mentioned this. Might be the nicest human being that I that I've ever met. So this is the type of class that you're going to get at Stampede Tack and Western Wear. It was obviously an epic man cup between two outstanding teams, and that Stampede Tack would like to congratulate the Langley Thunder for their outstanding series and season, and to the Peterborough Lakers on their fourth straight man cup. What an incredible environment and treat it was to watch the last seven games. And props to the community of Peterborough for their incredible hospitality. The entire series. I don't know if Peterborough was that hospitable to Langley fans back there, Tino, <laughs> but this is the kind of person that Kevin is, says they were. I'll take his word for it, and you can take my word for it. You're going to get that kind of service when you walk through the doors at stampede.ca. Out there in Cloverdale, Highway 10, 180th. They've been there since 1966. You need something, anything Clothing-wise, go to stampede.ca. We're shopping online. is still shopping local. You're going to get it right there. And he'll do it with a smile on his face. I guarantee it. So, Peterborough, four-time champions. Uh, Stampede Stallions of the Week. Tina, who you got? Yeah, I'm sticking with the PLL for this one. But someone who's going to be pretty happy about his Lakers winning their Man Cup. I'm going with Jake Withers. Mm. Face-off man for the champion water dogs lacrosse club ended the game with 11 loose balls and three cause turnovers and i think i think he's probably become my favorite face-off guy to watch just because like even if he isn't winning the clamps like the draw is not over and i think that's something that the water dogs like embrace so much like they use their wings a ton on face-offs but leading the charge there is him it's almost like at certain points, depending on who he's going up against, he's almost anticipating losing the clamp, which I don't think a lot of guys do. I, I think their mind is set on winning the clamp and then going from there. If they don't, he kind of already has that in the back of his head. And, you know, you have you have like the butt end of his stick basically like coming at the head of your stick if, you know, if he's on your back there. So I don't know. And I, and it's just a treat watching him play box as well. I, I look I always think back to that Halifax versus Vancouver game last season in Halifax 
when there was a point where Vancouver was, uh, it looked like they were running away with it. And then Halifax mounted a huge comeback. And, and the big turning point for me was a goal right off the face off that Jake Withers created where he won the draw immediately threw it down to the crease. And I think it might've been Steven Keogh that, that buried it, but it completely changed the tide of that game. So Jake Weathers had an outstanding game yesterday, and he's my stallion this week. Yeah, and I'll say this. Uh, Jake Weathers is the best face-off man in lacrosse. And I'm not talking about just draws here, Tina. What makes Jake the best is that, like you said, if he doesn't lose the draw, or if he does lose the draw, he can go play defense. And not only play defense, but play it very well. Like, he is head and shoulders the best face-off guy defender in either league. Baptiste I, th- I think he's on penalty kill in, in the NLL too. Like, and loose balls. And then he can, he's he got a little touch up there as well. Like, he's not shy to, to go venture into the offensive zone and, and chuck the ball around or take a shot or two either. So, and he's like sensational at taking face-offs. So, for me, it's not even close. Like, Jake Withers is the best. And for all those reasons, not just the technical aspect of taking faceoffs, it's it's the complete package with Withers, and uh, he's he's the guy. So like the pick, I got no choice this weekend. Tino, Sean Evans is, is the Stampede Stallion of the week. We're gonna talk to him next period here, just in mere moments. But nobody, the guy just broke John Tavares's record for all-time Man Cup scoring. Something I didn't think would ever be done. Like, not even, somebody wouldn't even come close to it. Evie did it in less games. The goals are not there, like, as far as the point goals to assist ratio goes. But if you're setting him up, it's just as good as scoring him, as far as I'm concerned. Now, and he unfortunately did not get to play in game seven because he hurt himself in, in game six. But what he did in those six games in... I don't know. I don't even know. We're going to have to ask him how many man caps he's been. I want to say it's like eight or nine and blows past Tavares 207 points now in man cup scoring. All I think it's alone. 208. It might be 208. You could be right. All alone at the top of the list there. And I don't know where you put put this guy, Tino, on, on your Mount Rushmore or top five or top 10 or whatever. But holy cow, like Evans, for what he has accomplished. And to do it with all with one team at the size that he has done it, and then you throw in the penalty time on top of that, how much time he has spent in a penalty box instead of on the floor, it is absolutely astonishing what he has done in his career. And I don't think he gets talked about enough when you're talking to Varys and Gate and Junior and whoever. Sean Evans and Dane Doby belong in that conversation now for what they have done and are still doing at a high, high rate. Yeah. And it has to have been such a special moment for him as well before I was it uh, before game seven or I forget when it was when uh, might've been before game six. Yeah. I want to say it was John, before game six, John Tavares and uh, John Grant jr. Come out to present him with a plaque. And it was such a, I think it was like a picture of well, they're him one, passing the one, two and three. At the no, t- such a cool moment though like I, I something i want to ask him about like what what's going through your head or like when when something like is that a surreal moment when you're seeing these two hall of famers these two greats present you with this plaque because you passed them like what what's the what's the head the headspace like after that yeah 
Unbelievable. So we'll talk to him about it all. But this week, Shawnee Evans, you're going into the stable as this week's Stampede Stein of the Week, along with Jake Withers. Welcome to the stable, boys. Um, Great opening period there, if I do say so myself, Tino. We got more to come here on EP202. Man Cup champion, all-time leading scorer, Sean Evans, joins us next here on Lax Class on Lacrosse Flash Podcast Network. Hey, this is Dan McCrae from the New York Riptide, and you're listening to Lacrosse Classified, your go-to source for all things NLL and box lacrosse. Welcome back to Lax Class. Into the second period we go on the program. Tino, you forgot to mention Rycor Construction was the sponsor of the big focus. Um, hanging that one on you. Rycor Construction, they make it stand out. Proud sponsors of the Big Focus, renovations, interior, exterior, they do it all. Facebook, Instagram, check them out, or the website, rycorconstruction.ca, and make it stand out. Uh, back on the podcast here, it is Shawnee Evans. Welcome back to Lax Class, Sean. Uh, thanks for doing mm-hmm. this. I know you've been having a time the last couple of days. How are you, how are you feeling? How's the voice holding up? Uh, the voice is holding up a little bit, uh, a little bit out of time here, but... Uh... It's it's been good. It's been uh, it's been a roller coaster of a week, but uh, at the end, it was all worth it. Yeah. Uh, well, let's. I got to start with this, man. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe you've seen the video circling around. I don't know if you guys are at like Champs or the Montreal House or <laughs> what's going on there. But uh, somebody got a video, and there's Sean Evans, mouth right to the beer tap behind the bar, going straight from the hose. Uh, that. You tell me that didn't look like the first time you've ever done that. <laughs> no, you know that's that's the rewarding thing about it. Um, you know, the city was awesome. The community was around us. Um, we had the opportunity to Champs uh, Bar hosted us, and you know, I think it was late in the night, around two a.m., that they allowed <laughs> us to go back. And I think it was a bad idea at the time because we we're both all of us were pretty loaded at the time. But it, it was a great time. We had a great party. We enjoyed ourselves, and the fans got to enjoy it with us. So. I thought, uh, you know what? I put my mouth on it. I thought I deserved it. <laughs> it was a lager or like a ale. What were you going after there? I don't even know what it was. It was just a drink. <laughs> but after that whole series, it was just a, it was a roller coaster ride of the emotions of, you know, being high and then getting yeah. hurt and being on a low. And then going into game seven, I had to go to, I had to watch. So, oh man, was, well, uh, yeah. Like we want to talk about that because that stuff. But first, first and foremost, here, congratulations on obviously another man cup. Now, you tell me because I was trying to figure this out before you got on. Is it seven? Is it eight? Is it nine? What is it now? I think that's my that was my eighth man cup. <laughs> yeah, eighth man cup. You become the all time leading scorer in man cup history, surpassing John Tavares, who was there with Junior and and you know, kind of pass the torch to you. I know Tina wants to ask you about that, but eight of them, man, like that, how do you, how do you process that? Eight man cups. You know, there's a, there's a lot of emotions going on this week about all that stuff. And, you know, it, it was rewarding. It was, it was good to sit back and reflect on, on having John Grant Jr. and John Tavares come out and, uh, you know, hand that award to me, um, you know, playing all the, all these years and, and putting all that work in and just kind of came to full circle right then. So to be able to do that in front of my own fans, my family, um, our community, it was, it was something special and um, something, something that I'll never forget. What's, what's going through your head in a moment like that when, 
you know, you're being presented this award by two guys that are considered, you know, two of the greats to have ever done it. And now you're at the top of that list and you see the other guys that are on that list as well. And there's so many greats is like, who comes to mind when you're in a moment like that and you you're reflecting on your career? Uh, especially those, those two guys that are, who gave it to me um, were a big part of my career. I got to play with both of them. Just, just see my name up with those guys and, and looking back at my teammates and guys that I past teammates that I played with, you know, all that success comes from, you know, having great teammates, having trust in me and, and us getting the job done. And, and now I'm getting rewarded for, you know, all those, um, you know, all those goals that, and passes that I've, I've made. And, and if I can be able to do it with my team and, and everybody around me, it was, uh, it was just a full circle, you know, having my kids in the stands coming out and getting experience, um, all the emotions during that week. Uh, I know they had to deal with me all week of going, uh, of being sore, not doing anything and just being focused on the next game. But the biggest thing was, you know, not, not only that award, but getting the two points in that night. So I didn't want to take away from the team that much. So I try to get it out of the way early uh, at the opening faceoff and then get ready to focus on the game. Yeah. And you didn't want any kind of stoppage of the game to, to recognize you as a kind of a keep rolling and you, and you did it prior to the, to the following game, but you mentioned the, the goals and the assists, Evie, and uh, I saw big bro, Scotty, said, uh, you know, congrats on, on breaking the record, but you still got a lot of more goals to score to catch him. How you feel about that? Uh, you know, it is what it is. He was, uh, he was a good player. He was a great goal scorer, so I'll let him have his, uh, his accolades still. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Peterborough, man, I, I have yet to make my way to the borough, but every time I watch a lacrosse game there and, and the pack stands and I hear the cowbells ringing and it just the atmosphere inside the PMC looks like nothing else I've ever seen in the sport of lacrosse. Paint the picture for us what it's like to play a game. I know you played in big stadiums in front of thousands of fans, but it just seems a little different there in the borough. Yeah, you know, words can't even describe of, you know, especially I, I had the opportunity to watch that game seven. So I got to take the whole experience in, you know, before I was on the floor ready for the game. But to be able to sit there in a stressful situation, not playing, but you know, having the support of the fans around you, you know, cheering you up. And, you know, it was electric. The, the Moral Center was electric. They were on their feet probably about seven, eight, nine times throughout that game. And and when that final buzzer went, you can just feel how electric that arena was. and. And, the, you know, the, the teammates, my, my fellow teammates, I'm sure they felt that because it was it was unbelievable. You know, we had fans, pretty much everyone come down and uh, greet us and get pictures with us. And, you know, having that, it's um, it, it was just a dream come true overall. Like sold out crowd, game seven game for the Man Cup, four of four, Pete. It doesn't get any better than that. No, just incredible. As we're here with Sean Evans, and I, I, maybe we'll walk it backwards. And you go down in, in game six, Sean, and, and I kind of saw you go down, but then you, you got yourself up and got off the floor. And I thought, okay, maybe that wasn't as serious as I thought it might have been. But I saw you out there trying to test the ankle and go in game seven. You had the record in hand there, but that couldn't have made things any easier for, I know, you know, a guy with a compete level like not many others to have to sit and watch a game seven for a man cup had to be just excruciating for you. Yeah, it was tough. It's probably uh, getting a little, little choked up right now, but it's one of those things that I haven't really gone through in my, in my career. So to be able to, um, to feel myself not able to play and not be able to contribute was, was tough. And um, especially in that situation, you work all, you work all hard all season long to get to that point. And, you know, a game seven game to determine a winner for the national championship. So, you know, me sitting in the room knowing I, I, we did everything we could 
Yeah. Uh, the training staff, you know, kudos to them. Like they taped me up in like eight different ways to pull my leg every way they could to make the pain go away and a little help from the doctors. And, uh, yeah. you know, I try, I try to give it a go and, you know, but you know, I wasn't hundred percent and I didn't want to take that away from my teammates. Um, if I wasn't going to be able to help them out. So yeah, the right decision was me not playing and, you know, overall they, uh, they bailed, they bailed me out and they, they played in one amazing game. So it was, uh, it was great to watch and great to see and be a part of. I want to go back to the beginning of the series. Uh, when, you know, you guys find yourselves in a situation when you're down 2-0 in two very competitive games, especially game two as well, just like an overtime heartbreaker. But you guys are, you guys have become a dynasty at this point, four championships in a row. What's the room like when you're in that situation? Was there ever any doubt for you guys or, or like what, what's the room like when you're down 2-0? No, we, we had no doubt, you know, it's it's that's what a seven game series is all about. And not um, the first time you guys have gone through that, Shawnee. Like I mean, twenty seventeen, uh, you were down two zero on the road and got it done. And even to flashback to Lang, last time you guys played the Thunder in twelve, yeah. you're you're down two nothing. Yeah, like I've been in, the, in that situation many many of times. And uh, we had a veteran uh, veteran locker room. You look at uh, Matt Vince, he looks calm. Um, uh, Lordy Ian Lord, he looks calm. Corey Vitarelli, calm. Robert Hober, captain, just a pure leader. Um, you know what? Nothing was said. We just said, boys, we got this. Just keep your heads up. Keep that positive uh, atmosphere and let's get ready to get back and, and go to war against these guys. And that game maybe too. Some, that, sorry, Sean, go ahead. I said maybe some other words were said. in the yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, take me back to, to game two there because, you know, as far as Man Cup games go, I'm not sure I've seen one quite like that with the way that Langley tied that thing in, in the late stages. Um, that had to be tough to, to kind of reset your focus though. After I know you guys are a veteran team and kind of been through, but a game like that, that's so close from the series being one all down to nothing that, that had to sting. Yeah. You know, that game was, um, wow. The whole series was wow. But you know, that, that game was, uh, was unbelievable of the highs and lows and, and one game that you can get, yeah. um, thinking that we had the game won which it can go either way, but either way, it got called a goal, but then, you know, they scored the overtime. They go up a goal in and then overtime. Hoagie, and then we, yeah. Hoagie ties it late. Yeah. Like, yeah. Um, Thomas Hogar scores, scores after like four good passes and then finally goes in the back of the net. It, it was incredible. It was, uh, you know, like props to Langley. That was one of the best series is that I can remember that I've ever been a part of. Yeah. They, um, Dixon and, and Doby and Stigliano, like true leaders. Pure, pure goal scorers on uh, on the offensive end by those two. Um, everything they shot, I felt like it hit the net. It, it was just it was back and forth game. They they had the confidence in their end too that they never gave up, and you know everything they put at us was going in. So our defense needed to step up when they did, and they did. But that game too was was definitely a game changer. We really need to get focused after that one and say, you know what, we, 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 it is what it is. It's happened. It's two nothing. We need to get overcome it, and we need to uh, get back on track and, and take it to him. And yeah. show him who's boss. And and I think your coaching staff did a fantastic job of that with with Hazer and TK and and my boy Bobby Keast. Uh, I got to ask you about this, Johnny, because I don't know if I've ever seen Keister more fired up than he was post game when you, you and Scott Arnold were about to conduct an interview, and and Roddy Jensen, who tends to run a little hot like yourself from time to times got involved with a, a bit of a war of words. I don't know if you can tell us what was being said back and forth, but that was quite the scene when I saw Bobby come over and start to give it to Roddy. Well, I think, I think that was 
more deserving on my part um, after that game too. I think he was the only one that was standing next to me when I was heated up after we, us losing that game. And I think I said a few words to him uh, on the way off and I gave it to him pretty good. Okay. So I think uh, he was, I think he was just trying to bring the, um, the energy back to his corner by coming at me and trying to change things up. You, you all know in a series that, you know, you try to mind uh, play my head games with people and sure. get people off the games and, and try to turn the tide. So, uh, you know, he had some uh, choice words with me, probably not the best words, but he, uh, <laughs> he had them, but you know, that was just more tackling field to me knowing that uh, we had them there. And then Bobby coming right, right to your back there though. That that's got to feel good. Your assistant coach kind of coming to you and, and, and stick sticking up for you as well. Yeah, it has been, you know, Bobby's been there ever since um, I've started here. So, you know, he's had my back and to see him come across the floor and, take control of the situation where I didn't have to take, uh, get involved in it was, uh, it was great on him. Yeah. Uh, I want to ask you about, about your specific play style. Cause I, at least in my opinion, it's, it's very unique from, from my perspective, you play this style where you're, you're constantly going forward and backwards, like while you're loaded up for a shot, almost like looking for a, a lane to pass or to, or to shoot. Is there, is there someone that kind of taught you that style or is that something that, that you just kind of grew into as you've progressed through lacrosse? Well, I think my main, my main thing that kind of got me that way was I was always a kid that watched other players and their tendencies on how they did things. And I kind of just picked up, uh, you know, like watching guys like John Grant Jr. My brother, John Tavares, all those great players that I played with even guys uh, that did unique stuff. I just watched how they got to the net, how they score goals and, just started doing it on my own with my kind of jittery um, style of play and, and attack mode. I, I kind of just, I try to see the play before it happens and where I'm running to, I, I kind of know where the slide's going to come from and how it's going to open up. And, and I, I just try to kind of make things happen that way. You know, I always believe that you got to kind of attack to kind of draw slides and to kind of create offense. So you, know, you, you can throw the ball around the outside as, long, as much as you want, but to get the, to get to the net, you got to be able to attack. So, I've just learned it over the years and thankfully I had great teammates that, you know, worked for me and, and worked for each other that got open and, and that scored goals and, and get to those dirty places like, like I was. And the good thing is I, I try to lead example that way by to others to, uh, you know, taking those five, six, seven hits to get to the net and, Hopefully the next guy beside me is going to do the same thing to pay the price to uh, make a play. And and teaching the girls that too, uh, winning yourself a, a minor nationals championship there in Langley. Not, I mean, it was in the middle of the MSL playoffs. You got took off to Langley and coached up your girl and, and won yourself a gold medal as well. Yeah. You know, that was, that was a great experience um, with, with how busy the summer was, you know, I uh, had the opportunity to go teach my daughter. She made team Ontario um, go out in BC and, what an incredible experience for those kids. It was, it was awesome. The girls had a ride that whole week. They got the great friendships and bonds. Yeah. Um, and, and not only that, it, it felt like a, a five game series with team BC out there. It was, uh, we lost the first game to uh, the girls who are, who are incredible talented. Uh, we come back after next game, we beat them. And then it lined up, uh, it lined up a game three, lined up a game three against them that for, for the gold medal. And, uh, to share that with my daughter and to have her have that experience of what it felt like, um, you know, to win at a high level was, uh, was pretty special. Got to ask you this, man. Uh, a lot of years, Johnny, a lot of goals, a lot of points, a lot of teams, a lot of teammates. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, man, but unrestricted free agent for the upcoming NOL season. 
I'm assuming you want back in and, and, and want to play another year in the NLL. Is it a question of where and maybe not when? Or is this, you know, kind of looking for the right fit? Are you taking calls? Are you contemplating what's happening with the National Lacrosse League this year? I definitely want to, I definitely want to play. Um, talking to a few teams right now. Um, some things are in the works. Just got to make the decision of what I want to do and what's best for my family. But it will happen here shortly, I think, um, after talking to a few teams. I'm just... Like I said, I gotta make the right decision. But all right, biggest thing right now, biggest thing right now is uh, you know, I hurt my ankle after game six, and just uh, yeah, how are you doing with that? Trying to re- like I, it, I'm doing good. Yeah, it's uh, it's in recovery mode right now, so it's gonna probably take a you know probably a month or two to get my body back to normal and rest up and and, and reflect on kind of that whole summer and and get my body back to where it needs to be to be at that high level when I come back to the National Cross League. Sounds like a good excuse to skip training camp, if you ask me there, Shawnee. <laughs> um, last one for you, and I know last time we talked, I think it was in the I middle. I think I've earned it. Yeah, I think you have as well, my friend. Uh, last thing I want to ask you, and I think it was during the pandemic last time we had you on, so we didn't really have a chance to talk about Nationwide, so I'll give you a chance to get a plug in here for your lacrosse company. What's happening with Nationwide Lacrosse? Yeah, right now, um, we, had, we had a great summer with Nationwide Lacrosse. Uh, had our summer camps pretty much sold out each camp. Uh, we taught over about 100, 120 schools, new kids of how to play lacrosse, and they introduced them. So over about 20,000 kids we, we taught over the school year. And uh, right now we're just starting a fall program. Uh, about to line up shortly for the younger age kids. Um, we got that going and, and just get back into our school rhythm. So we're just we're staying busy, uh, basically just staying involved and trying to help the youth kids and get them introduced to a, a great game. And I think by having the Fever Lakers here um, kind of help that too. Awesome, man. Shawnee, always appreciate your time here on Lax Class, man. Congrats on on the Man Cup record, your eighth Man Cup title. Nationwide lacrosse, I look forward to seeing where you land for the upcoming NLL season. Uh, Continue the celebration, my friend. Thanks for doing this, and, and congratulations once again. Yeah, thanks, Jumbo. Hopefully, the next time we talk, my voice is uh, <laughs> ready to go for it. Hey. Well, maybe, need, I don't know. Need, Drinking from a beer tap might have something to do with that. I don't know. Yeah, it, it was it was an epic night, so I'll, I'll take that. All right, brother. Thanks for doing this, man. We'll talk soon. Thanks, guys. There he is, Johnny Evans, now the all-time leading scorer in Man Cup history. And, and like I said, you know, to see what he has done at his size for as long as he's done it, the penalty minutes to go along with the points. What did the guys like top five in the National Lacrosse League as well, Tino, and wants to do it again for this coming year. And after watching him at the Man Cup, I don't know what he did, like 29, 30 points in six games. Somebody is going to pick up Sean Evans, and he is going to be a productive player on their team. Yeah, that for, for me, when you were asking him about how many uh, like Man Cups that is, that that kind of gave me chills because – that's like one for every finger you hear or when you're talking about the greats everybody always says john Tavares and junior immediately and for me like i guess sean evans has just kind of always been there and you know like when you look back and reflect and obviously now you see the list that he's on for me personally i'm like oh yeah like sean evans he's is, underappreciated is 100% up there he's under- 100% he's underappreciated that's what i mean and yeah. so for me like getting an opportunity to chat with him there and, and hearing these stories about just, you know, like the last handful of days of him and, and the boys celebrating, like what a, what a, a incredible moment. Like he's an absolute legend and a complete rock star in the city of Peterborough. And he's an NLL hall of famer. 
he's going to be a lacro- Canadian Lacrosse Hall of Famer as soon as he hangs it up. But like I said, Tino, the guy is still productive. Like he put up 30, like he was averaging five, six points a game in the man cup that at his age. And again, I, I think what makes it so unbelievable is the amount of time he has spent in a penalty box and still has those kind of numbers. The guy is just an absolute winner. That's all he does and, is win. And you hear about like, I mean, the, the stint that he had there with Halifax at the end of last season, I just, I don't really think that was, that wasn't really the right situation. No. I like realistically Halifax didn't need another, another righty on offense. I think, you know, like he just you mentioned know where I think how he's, he's going. I'm just thinking out loud here, Tino. Could be another hot take drop. No, well, probably <laughs> not. But uh, I know what you're saying. Like it, it's got to be the right fit, exactly, for Sean Evans. Um, whether it be the personnel that's around him, the coaching, the offensive philosophy, I think he might land in Albany. Oh, really? I just, I they could use a little veteran savvy on that team with the guys that they have shipped out. They're going to have a young squad there in Albany. And I think Shawnee could be a, a primary guy there. And, and there's, you know, a former New England Black Wolf uh, maybe going back. I don't know. Like, I, I'm just trying to rack my brain where would be a good fit for Sean Evans. I don't think it's in Buffalo. I don't think it's in Toronto. I don't think he's going back to Rochester for a fourth or third time or whatever it is. He's not going to Halifax. So maybe Philadelphia, maybe Albany, maybe the Riptide. I guess, uh, I mean, like, my next question was, do you think there's any chance that he comes out west? Because I was wondering if... I don't. I just, with his family situation, he's got, like, 13 kids and, you know, a wife and a business. And so I I just, I don't think he's coming west. So I think it's got to be in the east. And and maybe there's not a ton of spots open for him on certain teams, but I think some team is going to open the door for Sean Evans and they're going to get an instant Hall of Famer that is going to help their team win. And who knows? Maybe it's just one year. Maybe it's two. I, the guy can still get it done. I know that much. Yep. And my my other thought, but you kind of shut it down there. I was going to say, I wonder if he goes back to Rochester. But uh, I don't know. I, maybe maybe I'll hang my hat on that I, one. And we'll maybe. See like, I, I obviously, Mike Hayes and, and him have a really long, good relationship. And Sean knows what to expect out of Mike. And Mike knows what to expect out of Sean. And maybe you're right, Tino. Maybe that is the fit where he belongs. And just because it didn't work out the past couple of times or whatever, they needed to make a move to acquire something else to help their team at that time, whatever. He's an unrestricted free agent right now. So essentially you give up nothing to get him. And if you have that relationship, that pre-existing relationship like Mike and, and Sean do, that's not a bad take there, T. I'm not giving you a hot take for it, but a, it's a decent <laughs> take. Decent. All right, let's take a break uh, here on period two. One more period to go. Evans back, report cards, and locks are coming up. Stick with us. Associated Labels and Packaging, a fun family company that offers premium quality labels and packaging with unparalleled service. With 40 years of experience, an extensive product catalog, and an ever-growing fleet of equipment, Associated Labels and Packaging is the perfect fit to take your labels and packaging to the next level. This is the voice of the Halifax Thunderbirds, Pete Dalladay, and you're listening to Lax Class. 
Welcome back to Wax Class. Into the third period we go. Brought to you by Associated Labels and Packaging. Associated Labels and Packaging. Best in the business. Labels and Packages. Uh, I saw Sean Ashworth. uh, It was my 30-year high school reunion this weekend, fellas. I did not attend this nightmare. Uh, That is just not my cup of tea. I was not going. But checked out some pictures. Uh, Sean Ashworth and his lovely wife, Karen, were down there and uh, looked like a decent time that I did not want to be part of. So anyways, uh, you need a label. You need a package. Head to Associated Labels and Packaging. AssociatedLP.com. 40 years of experience. They focus on people. Focus. They focus on people, ethics, quality, and, of course, family-owned. Best in the business, labels and packaging. So, Evan, welcome back to Lax Class. What's going on? Uh, you know, decent weekend. Uh, as much as Chaos lost the PLL final, I still enjoyed watching it. Goaltending display, like, what Dylan Ward did out there, I, I'm still flabbergasted by it. You know, the, the three saves at the end of the first half and he was just on his game and the number of titles that guy has ice water man did you see the did you see the tweet from christian del bianco which one that he didn't win a press yet i think it's pretty (laughs) late i think it's pretty lazy of dylan ward that he hasn't won a president's cup yet (laughs) hashtag trade ward i was dying absolutely dying it's minto man world championships indoor outdoor and now a pll championship an nll championship president's cup the only thing he hasn't won yeah, he won the MLL championship too before. Oh, there you go. Denver, yeah. unbelievable. The guy's an absolute stud. Ice water in his veins, and uh, again, call it a hot take, call it not a hot take. I don't care. Dylan Ward, best lacrosse player on the planet. He's up there. I, I got, I got Zach Courier number one. I would probably lean more towards Zach Courier, I think, if we're saying best lacrosse yeah, just, player. I just want to recap here. Who won the, the National Lacrosse League championship this past season? <laughs> Wasn't it Zach Courier individually? No. Uh, it was the Colorado <laughs> Mammoth with Dylan Ward in goal. And uh, the PLL championship this past season, Dylan Ward in goal. He's the starter for Team Canada. He's going to be the starter in box lacrosse and field lacrosse for the next decade probably. Wait, 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 though. We also did see out West here, Christian Del Bianco play forward in the XL. <laughs> so if we're talking about best all around player, yeah. if you had, what are we talking about? If here? you add the tweet game in there as well, Delbs goes to the top of the list, I think. But uh, yeah, for me, it's still Ward, man. Like I just, the goalie is the, the hardest position to play in the sport. And Dylan Ward is the best at it, outdoors and indoors. Best player on the planet, right there. Dylan, and he was robbed of the MVP. I oh, mean, he sure was. I mean, yeah, I, don't, I, don't I know gave it to the hometown boy. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it. Soccer. Anyway, so okay, what do we got? We got uh, Lax Class Locks are coming up. Let's do it. It's locked. Class Locks brought to you by Cool Bet Canada. Had a couple of futures come home there after the weekend, which was nice. Unfortunately, the 
one game bet that Evan was so dead set on this thing was going to happen. It was all his idea. Came up with the odds. Came up with the bet. And did not even come close to happening. I'm putting this one on you, Dylan Ward cost us. Putting it on you, Shemanauer. You cost <laughs> the people some money. We'll try and turn the thing around this week. But before you do that, make sure you're signed up to CoolBet. CoolBet.com. Before you make your first time deposit, put in the bonus code LAXCLASS, and CoolBet will give you free money. They'll match you. Whatever you put in, up to $200 on your first time deposit, if you use the bonus code LAXCLASS, they will match you up to $200. Don't know why you wouldn't do that. Stay cool. Bet responsibly. So this week, guys, lacrosse is now done for the next, uh, what do we got? Well, a couple months, a couple, three months anyways. Uh, so we're going to have to get creative here on the podcast, which might not be such a bad thing with the way that we have gone betting on lacrosse. We'll turn our attention to some other sports here. And boy, oh boy, oh boy. Do we have a doozy for you this week? We're going college football, we're going rugby league, and we're going eSports. And this thing is juiced out of its mind right here. Evan, your selection, please. So what I've got, it's it's a rugby union uh, championship. And then what this, it's, uh, it's an annual tournament that's played between the four uh, Southern Hemisphere powers. So Australia, New Zealand, South Africa, and Argentina. And it is finale week, um, and it is the big rivalry, which is the All Blacks and the Wallabies playing, uh, and the All Blacks have a chance to win the whole thing. The line on this one is a little lopsided, though, and that is they've got New Zealand to win by 15 and a half. And it's like, I don't see it happening. I think the All Blacks win, but not by 15 and a half. So I'm taking Australia plus 15 and a half in this one. What are they? The kangaroos? The crocodiles? What are they? Wallabies. Wallabies. I knew that. I knew that. All right. Well, that almost sounds like you know what you're talking about, which concerns me a little bit, because that's not really what this parlay is about. But, uh, <laughs> all right. I told you, it's like, look at something that you actually kind of know something uh, about. <laughs> disc golf, the disc golf odds aren't up yet when we're recording here, but maybe next week we'll we'll get into some of that. All right. Uh, Tino, you being a big gamer, you're on the TV. Have you given out the Twitch to the people? Because I know you like to stream while you're gaming, right? Is that? Yeah, I haven't. I haven't streamed in a little while, though. I've, t- I've taken a bit of a break from it. I just had too much stuff going on but yeah uh, i was just gonna say can you guess who's gonna do the esports bet do you have any (laughs) uh i was actually hoping there was gonna be some overwatch league because that's actually a game that i play but nothing on uh on the horizon right now so we're going with league of legends and i went with the only team that i actually knew of the only team that i've heard of so cloud nine they're uh plus 340 and but so like to they're beat stupid no good Edward gaming too like that just <laughs> yeah, get those nerds out of here yeah beat it <laughs> Edward Cloud Nine while we were talking here I was looking up some of their stats they've won five of their last six okay so who's to say who's to say plus three forty you're getting some good value now League of Legends that's like the name of the game. The name of the game yeah, is this League is of Legends. The, the World Championship. So uh, there you go. Go Cloud Nine for a plus three forty. I'm going college football. Just you know, this is just starting to to kind of heat up here a little bit. College football. I'm taking a team that I don't know if I've ever watched play before, 
Uh, and I just like the name. So I figured I'd take them. They're a two and a half point favorite at a minus 115 here for the Coastal Carolina Chanteliers. If that is not a terrible football name, I don't know what is. Coastal Carolina Chanteliers, but I'm taking them two and a half point favorite against the Georgia State Panthers. Now, boys, we're looking at like a plus 16, plus 1700 here. You lay down 20 jumbo bucks on this baby and it comes home. You can forget about the past four months that have just happened and your bank account going down. This thing's going to pay around $350, 400 when it's all said and done. You can thank us next week when it comes home. Once again, the Chanteliers to win by three. You got the Wallabies to lose by no less than 15. No more than 15, I should say. They can win the game. They can beat the All Blacks straight up if, if it happens. But They uh, did a couple weeks ago. Well, there you go. And uh, Cloud9 to just take Edward Gaming out to the woodshed and stick it to him for a plus 340. Search up the Lacrosse Classified Parlay on CoolBet after you use the bonus code and sign up for your account. And uh, count your money now because this, I mean, of all the bets, this might be the one that's the most out there, but sometimes those are the ones that come home. So I'm, I'm looking forward to this, and I might just uh, go all in. Why not? What do you got to lose here besides 20 bucks, right? So you're down to, what, five bucks in the right, account now? Well, <laughs> no, you like just a, won some money yeah, on like this said, this oh, yeah, past yeah, week. Futures. The futures finally came in. Um, so I, I'm, I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Hey, I'm, just, I'm happy. Uh, that, that plus 235 on Peterborough paid. Yeah. Well, there you go. I might have had a little something on that as well. All right, uh, fellas. Uh, locks are done. That means it's time for report cards. <laughs> Brought to you by Stampy Tack and Western Wear. Boots, hats, belts, buckles, jeans. They got it all at stampede.ca. Head out there to Cloverdale or do it online. We're shopping online. It's still shopping local. Stampede.ca. Whatever you need, Stampede Tack will have it for you. And you get a good price. Get the shipping. You get it all at Stampede Tack, who sponsor Lax Class Report Cards. Evan, you went first for locks. Tino, you are up. I would love to go first, uh, and I'm going with a D minus because I'm putting the minus in there because as we learned a couple weeks yeah, ago, can't you can't just, just go with the can't D. just give a D. Uh, so we're going D as minus. Much as Evan tries to give out a D, <laughs> just... and it's going towards the people that aren't on the championship team mm. that pick up the championship trophy, and I don't really want to name names because I want to. I don't want to throw anybody under the bus, but we had two championships in very short succession in the past handful of days here. And it happens with every trophy ever. Like you see it on occasion with, with like the Stanley cup and stuff like that. When it's out at the parade and parties, I don't have any issue whatsoever, obviously with players, executives, management, coaches, like trainers, all that. If you're a part of the team, you earned the hell out of that thing. Do what you want with it. But 
if you're like a member of the media or if you're like loosely associated, like you have a buddy on the team or whatever the, the aside is, don't touch it. Yeah. And I know some people draw the line at lifting it above your head. Like I know there's like some people are like fine with going to like put their hand on the Stanley cup. If the, it like at whatever parade that it's at when it comes to their town or, or some people will even like hold it when they get, when they get it handed to them, if they know somebody that's won it. But personally, I think that's so offside. Go get a picture with it. Go stand by somebody who's won the trophy and take a picture with them holding it. But no chance, in my opinion, should anybody that's not associated with the team in a realistic way, no way should they be touching that thing. Have you ever done that, Evan? I've I've got a few pictures with the Stanley Cup, but I've I stood behind it. But you're not winning the Stanley Cup. Like you're not. You know, if it's a trophy that you're never going to win, then I don't think you have to worry about it so much. But if it's like something that a sport that you're involved with, that who knows where your career might take you one day, then I think you're on to something here. I just think like, so obviously I'm a, I'm a huge Canucks fan. I like miserable Canucks fan have been my entire life. If the Stanley, like if I ever went to go see the Stanley cup, my thought is if I touch it, the team's not going to win it for another 50 something years. So just, just don't touch it. Just play on the safe side. Just don't touch it. I've got a superstition, which is in the playoffs. I never wear the team's Jersey, right? My team's Jersey. Never. It's it's away. But I got a question. Which one pisses you off more? The got people holding the cup that they didn't win or the googly eyes. <laughs> wait, wait, hang on, hang on. I don't have any issue with googly eyes. Those are some of the most hilarious pizza the pieces of comedy in the world. It's the eyes emoji. Yeah. Evan. <laughs> I swear to God. You're still getting them. Still yeah, getting... I got two more today. Two it. more people <laughs> tweeted at me today. <laughs> it's never gonna end. Uh Evan, you're a park car place. I'm giving a B plus to Fate of the Sport, which is of course the documentary on the founding of the PLL. Um very well done. Of course, it's done. Like they cover three and a half years of this league. It is something else the amount of hours they would have had to have filmed this thing. My only complaint about it is is they've they oversell Paul Rabel as a player. Well, that's you shocking. Know. That's you shocking. Know, like they, they start referring to him as the Michael Jordan or the LeBron James of lacrosse. And it's like, hold on a second here. Mm-hmm. Michael Jordan means you're the best of all time. I give that to John Grant Jr. or Gary Gate long before I give it to Paul Rabel ever. And if you're LeBron James, that means you're the current best player in the game. Well, no, I like I said, I give that to Zach Courier. So I'm not giving either one of those. And you know, they went into that whole most points in professional across oh, history. It's like, we won't go back. I to sure that, that shouldn't bother me, but it, God, does that ever bother me? The pro lacrosse hall of fame and just disregarding the national lacrosse league. It's ridiculous. Yes. That should bother you. Oh, yes, that should. Okay. Well, thank you. But, but it really you, does. Like it really that, does. If you get rid of that part of it, it would have been an A or A plus with, you know, without that, it, it is really well done. It really gives you an insight, and, and especially the intriguing part being the lengths to which the MLL went to try and destroy them in the early. Parts. Well, don't spoil because I haven't seen this yet. 
uh, don't don't give me any spoilers here. But uh, sorry, what was the letter grade there? B plus, you said. B plus. Okay. Yep. You know what story would just blow that right out of the water is how the National Lacrosse League came to be. I don't know what you call it, but the the whole story with uh, the the two original owners and Klein and and then the names escaping me right now, Fritz, I believe is wild like how and then it came to the head with the the pa like how the plpa was born and the expansion started to happen the selling off of teams to keep the league going and how the players weren't exactly happy with you know the the pay structure and everything like it would be a fanas what what word fanastic i I keep (laughs) combining words today instead of I don't know what's going on. A fantastic documentary is what I wanted to say there. Uh, to see the how the MILL birthed into the NLL and, and to where it started to where it is now would be amazing. I, I hope somebody takes on that project one day. My report card. I don't even know what I want to do this week, guys. I got a number of different directions to go in here. I think I'm just going to give out a C. So they're not being a lacrosse until December now. Like I'm just in a state of shock a little bit. Like I, I don't know what to do now from what are we here? Late September until early December. I know training camp's coming up and that's all fine and dandy, but no games. See, I, that's all I got. <laughs> well, I mean, guys got to get them. Got to get their no, body they recovered. Do. They yeah, do. Right. But I, uh, maybe yeah. I'm being selfish and thinking about what the hell is going to go on in this podcast for the next couple well, of months. But we got we GM. We know what it's going Yeah, we got GM stuff coming up. And yeah, the, the GM reports are always great because at the start of the year, most of the GMs are proud of what they did in the offseason. They're excited of what's going to happen. It's better to have those ones than, you know, we get through the part way through the season. It's like. Yeah, now this didn't work out or what happened. So, <laughs> you know. and what what do we do? We started with Albany last year. Is that what? So I think we got to go reverse order this year just to keep things fair, right? So, so you got Vegas and Vancouver. Well, we, do we up. go? Do we go Las Vegas or do we just go Vegas? I don't know. What, what are they listed at on on the website? I know, like in the NHL, it's the Vegas Golden Knights. It's not the Las Vegas. That's, we shall discuss. Yeah, it's, shall it's, discuss. it's it was interesting. What was it? I th- I think the second time we went around it where GM started throwing one another under the bus. It was just great. Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, general managers and head coaches are probably my favorite people to talk to just because they're so smart and, and know the league inside and out, know their teams inside and out. So that's going to be coming up. What, Evan, we're going to start that second week of October. Yeah, there you go. So we got to, we got to figure out the next couple of weeks here because we're out of stallions and uh, you know, we don't have any, bets and stuff we gotta talk we gotta talk we'll figure it all out uh, also it is las vegas desert dogs is it all right okay well there you go so Fair. then it's jamie dalwick up first show <laughs> is it not vancouver vancouver and toronto you gotta do two oh, okay. gotta do two in an episode there right let's just listen to evan telling me how i gotta do my <laughs> podcast all right it's boy. gonna take you eight weeks to get through it all yeah Especially if you, that's, well, and that's yeah. math even Challoner could do, Evan, right there. And if you push it forward a week, you know, we one year we did do the commissioner and the and the players association mm. on top of it all. Yeah, you're right. All right, well, we'll discuss it all here in the next coming days. I appreciate you guys sliding in here for two oh two once again uh, to Shawnee Evans for stopping by the podcast to our fabulous sponsors, our fantastic fantasticalous sponsors. <laughs> 
Uh, Stampede Tech, the associate, not the associated. I don't know what is going on with me here. You are having a day. I am. I totally am. I totally am. Associated labels and packaging, Rycor Construction, Cool Bet. I think that's everybody. Did I miss anybody? I don't know. I'm, I'm sorry if I did. What else? Thank you to you, the listener. For checking out Lax Class, this could be your final time with the way this show is ending. So I uh, appreciate you listening in. Don't forget to give us a follow, subscribe, review on the podcast, wherever you're doing that right now. Tino Farah is at Ferratino. Evan Sheminar is at Shem Lax. I am at PXP for sports. The show is Lacrosse Classified on Instagram, Lax Class on Twitter. We've got a Facebook page and an email address as well, lacrosseclassified at gmail.com. You can always get a hold of us, and we'd love to hear from you, so do it. Uh, appreciate everybody listening. We'll be back next week. Every week, EP203 is up next. This one is done. For Evan Sheminar and Tino Farah, I've been Jake Elliott. And for the fastest game on two feet, and for the creator, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay classified.